Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Learn why police had to be called to a Hamilton Public Library branch in Hamilton. The affordable housing crisis is hitting a certain segment of the population very hard. Canada's Deputy Prime Minister offers insight into why the Emergencies Act was used in February. We speak with a Canadian who's trying to break a Guinness record at the World Cup. And are you getting your Christmas shopping done on this Black Friday? The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. There's a lot of people that say they believe in freedom, but clearly do not. They're standing against... um the freedom of self-expression, and we're here to stand for it. That is the voice of Kofi Donaldson, one of the counter-protesters who was out at a Hamilton Public Library location yesterday. Why were counter-protesters at a Hamilton Public Library location? Well, it's because there were protesters there yesterday, and it all played out outside Terry Berry Library up on the mountain uh, in relation to a drag storytime event at the HPL. Hamilton police had to be called in to make sure that the two sides didn't clash. Uh, Shelley McKay is the manager of communications at Hamilton Public Library and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Shelley, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Let's recap yesterday. What happened? Uh, yesterday at the Hamilton Public Library, Terry Berry Branch, we held the second drag story time for uh, for the library. The first one was at Binbrook Branch oh, a few weeks ago and uh, was absolutely wonderful. Ten, ten little ones and their parents, grandparents, and guardians dancing, singing, uh, reading fun books uh, about differences and celebrating those differences. Yesterday at Terry Berry, we held the same event and uh, we had some protesting and some counter-protesting held outside the library while the drag story time went on inside the library to a packed house. <laughs> so it what, was quite a day. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts as this is all playing out? Uh, well, we had, we had uh, heard some, some uh, discussion that there may be some, some people who had uh, differing opinions about whether or not we should hold the, the, stro- the story time prior to and uh, just before the couple of days leading up to it uh, the library had received many many phone calls emails and chat as well as uh, in-person comments uh, that were you know positive negative neutral which is great and encouraged uh, in conversation and what is this what is it like when is it how old you know that kind of thing and uh, which is great because we're able to answer all those questions but we had heard that some people might uh, come to the library and protest the drag story time. So we were prepared. We had security uh, set up, and we uh, we were working with the Hamilton Police Service liaison. So we're very thankful for both of those. When this event when this event was first thought up, did you think it was going to be controversial? Well, libraries have been holding these for years and years across Canada, 2015 in Halifax, and uh, we actually had some scheduled, but unfortunately they were just at the beginning of COVID, and uh, and then that's when everything shut down due to COVID precautions. So we ended up canceling them at that point, and, uh, you know, some libraries had experienced uh, some protesting in the last, I would say, few months or a year, and... So we we were prepared for it. 
We're talking to Shelley McKay, manager of communications at the Hamilton Public Library about a drag story time event at the library's Terry Berry location up on uh, Mohawk in the West Fifth area. Yesterday it was marred by protesters and counter protesters. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Are more story times planned or is this going to die on the vine? Well, the library is known for our story times uh, across the system, and most most days you can find a story time at a Hamilton Public Library, and those are all welcoming, inclusive, respectful, you know, fun, <laughs> which is what you want in a story time, and they range the gamut. You know, in the summer we have summer reading club with tons of story times about you know that might include um, sports or you know teddy bears or whatever. We have story times with sleepover teddy bears that the kids come, they bring their stuffies, then the this teddy bears are, are you know, sleepover overnight and the, like, while the kids are at home and then they come the next day and pick them up with a new book that they uh, they exchange from taking home the previous night. So our story times run the gamut. We're, we'll have holiday story times, winter story times, you name it. And we'll go back to uh, to the program managers and discuss whether or not um, this was a success, and will we hold it again? Is there anything we would do differently? Maybe um, different branches, different locations. So, uh, But stay tuned. There's always something fun and innovative at the library. <laughs> are any are any drag story time events planned at this point? Do you have any on the calendar coming up? We, we don't have any on the calendar. Right now we have all of our winter story time scheduled. With today being a PA day, we have PA day story times, and then the winter break is two, two long weeks <laughs> uh, coming up, and we have all sorts of winter activities planned. We only got about 30 seconds. Is the plan to bring the drag story time back maybe in the spring? Uh, I think it's under discussion, and uh, I would say check out hpl.ca slash events to... Uh, Keep your eye out for any kind of fun activities that are coming up, and uh, I think there might be some more on the calendar. We'll do just that. Shelly, thanks for the time this morning. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. That's Shelly McKay, Manager of Communications at Hamilton Public Library. More details in our online story at 900CHML.com. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900CHML. We know that the affordable housing crisis is crippling to many individuals and many families. And now we have new research from Brock University and the Niagara YWCA that shows that women and gender-diverse people have been especially hit hard by this affordable housing crisis. Joanne Harris is an assistant professor of political science at Brock University and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Joanne, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Tell us about Thank this... You. Tell us about this research, which is, you know, encapsulated in the policy brief called Improving Safe and Affordable Housing for Women in Niagara Before and After COVID-19. What did you look at and what did you find? Well, what we did is that we, um, we uh, talked to people who were actually experiencing homelessness. We talked to women who were in the YWCA shelters. We also talked to women who were part of a a lived experience advisory network from the Niagara region. And uh, we interviewed about 20 people and they told us about their experiences of, of their housing experiences and experiences of homelessness. So from there we were able to, uh, and, and complemented by our research as well, we were able to get a very good picture 
of their situation in Niagara. You also looked at five key areas in which the this group of people face barriers, and those included yes. um, um, affordability, safety, support systems, trauma, discrimination. I'm yes. I'm guessing you didn't find many surprises when you were looking into some of the details. No, no, we didn't. Not not for people in um, who are working with those who are experiencing homelessness or finding shelter. Um, but one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize is that uh, people who are on assistance, OW or ODSP, um, social assistance, they really don't receive enough money to, to afford um, apartments. So what happens is that you might have a situation of um, two women who are actually um, getting together to rent a room in an apartment or in a house, um, and they don't really know who their um, other roommates are. Uh, so um, there's just the, um, and you don't even know who, um, in some of these situations, who another tenant might be inviting into their place. So if they're going into their kitchen, um, they don't, there could be a stranger sitting there that they don't know. So you can imagine how that would impede on their safety. From a discrimination standpoint, what is happening in this regard? Discrimination, it's, it's a variety. Uh, first of all, it's, it's uh, race, that somebody goes um, to arrange for an apartment. Um, they're, they're, they're meeting the landlord to make their deposit. You know, everything is all clear. They're ready to get the keys. And when, when the landlord sees that they might be a person of color, they, they tell them that the room is now, um, that the place is no longer available. Uh, it could mean um, so, uh, somebody uh, trying to rent uh, a place to a newcomer and putting uh, bunk beds in a hallway and thinking that four people would be able to that consider that a, a bedroom for four people because that might be like from where they came from. Um, that type of newcomer discrimination uh, can be um, discrimination about their the fact that they might be a single woman um, that. Um, that you know that they're going to have crazy boyfriends, or that they're going to have a lifestyle that might not, um, you know, be um, conducive to what the other residents in the apartment uh, lifestyle that they may have. Well, that's a real eye opener. Joanne Harris is our guest, mm-hmm. assistant professor of political science at Brock University. Uh, obviously, had her fingers on this new research from Brock and Niagara YWCA that shows that women and gender diverse people have been especially hit hard by the affordable housing crisis. Uh, you also developed some recommendations, which is great because you, you're offering some suggestions on how to fix this problem. What are some of the highlights that you can share with us? Yeah, one of the things um, that really meant a lot to the YWCA is to put a gender lens on, on homelessness. The idea that there needs to be um, a voice at the table at those with policymakers and that they need to understand the lived experiences of women, that that, that, that voice is really going unheard, that they're not aware of, of these um, impediments that women face in securing housing. Another is the need for more supports for people who are um, facing the trauma of homelessness and also escaping uh, gender um, intimate partner violence, that there needs to be supports. Just when somebody leaves an abusive relationship, their trauma doesn't end, that they need to be supported um, through their, um, and, and supported with housing, but also supported with um, um, counseling and um, life skills um, as they continue on their journey. Sounds like some systemic change is also needed, and that, mm-hmm. that, that's going to take time, and it's obviously going to take money, but the system is broken. Mm. 
right? Well, the system is might be broken, but there's a lot of talk about building. Um, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, about moving forward. So um, you could say that it's broken, and that might be an excuse not to help women, but I just I don't see it from that point of view. No, I agree with you with that. No doubt about that. Joanne, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the insight this morning. Well, thank you. That is, jo- that is Joanne Harris, Assistant Professor of Political Science at Brock University. And some of the statistics that this study has uncovered, 14% of the people surveyed in previous Niagara Region research reported experiencing discrimination in housing. Individuals surveyed reported discrimination based on gender, ethnicity, uh, ethnicity race, disability, sexual orientation, or indigenous identity. And for those who's waiting for centralized housing in Niagara Region, the wait list is large. It grew by 11.5% from 2020 to 2021 and now stands at more than 9,000, 9,171 people waiting for uh, assisted living in Niagara. That is a, um, wow, that's an eye-opener for sure. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The longer it went on, the greater threat that the U.S. would lose faith in us and our trading relationship would be irreparably damaged. The longer it went on, the greater the threat that foreign investors would write off Canada. That is the voice of Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Christopher Freeland telling the Emergencies Act inquiry yesterday that the Freedom Convoy and the blockades primarily at the border Uh, really put a lot of pressure on the Canada-U.S. trade relationship. So much so, she says, that it posed a profound threat to the Canadian economy and risk-causing irreparable harm. Now, throughout her testimony yesterday, she says it was her view that an economic threat amounts to a national threat and felt that her government was justified in using the Emergencies Act to clear the protesters away from not only Ottawa, but the border crossings like the Ambassador Bridge. Kara Zwiebel is the Director of Fundamental Freedoms at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Kara, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. First off, are you buying what Miss Freeland is selling, that an economic threat is basically a national threat and that using the Emergencies Act in this regard was justified? Uh, the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> okay. The, uh, you know, the, the there, there's certainly different ways that we could think about what national security means and what a threat to national security is. And I, I don't deny that, um, you know, economic harm and uh, sort of long-term risk to the economy is something that that is is a part of that in the broad sense, but the Emergencies Act has a specific legal threshold in it, and it talks about threats to the security of Canada in a very specific way. That, in my view, does not encompass um, you know economic harm or disruption. We heard earlier from David Vigno. He's the director of CSIS, and uh, he testified that. Even though the convoy did not meet the threshold to invoke the act, he still advised the prime minister to do so. Is that a good enough requirement if you're getting the director of CSIS saying that we should do this? Um, no, I mean, and I think it's important to understand that that the director of CSIS only did that after seeking a uh, a legal opinion from the Department of Justice, which, of course, the government of Canada won't share publicly. So... Um, I think it is a bit self-serving for the government to say 
the reason we're justified in doing this is because our own Department of Justice gave us a legal opinion that we could. Um, and, you know, as far as the goals of transparency and accountability that are supposed to accompany this commission, it is certainly problematic that we don't have access to that uh, very important piece of, of information. Talking about the latest at the Emergencies Act inquiry in Ottawa with our guest, Kara Zwiebel, the Director of Fundamental Freedoms with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. The um, inquiry wraps up today. The final day of testimony will include, well, testimony from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. What do you expect he will reveal? Um, it's pretty hard to know. You know, I think um, we, we've heard from cabinet ministers all week and um, they are, of course, um, well trained to say what they want to say and uh, and avoid saying anything they don't want to say. So I expect that, um, you know, it may be difficult to get um, the prime minister uh, to, to, you know, to sort of speak really, really frankly. I hope I'm wrong about that. Um, but um yeah, there, there's really no, you know, I, I think it will likely be more of, of the same. I think we've heard, you know, a, a bit of a narrative through all the cabinet ministers, probably um, talking points that they are all sharing about, you know, the concerns that they had, the threats that they felt they were facing and uh, and why they felt this was necessary. So I expect it'll be, you know, a further bolstering of, of those points. Once this inquiry wraps up, are you expecting the commissioner's report to say that the act or using the act was unnecessary? Or do you think he's going to follow what uh, all these ministers and, and primarily what the prime minister is going to say today? You know, I, I really don't know. I think the, the commissioner has, um, you know, has asked some questions and, and some of those questions, I think, have, have indicated uh, some areas where where he may be, um, you know, troubled by by some of the evidence. Um but, but I think it's still, you know, very much an open question. And, and of course, um, while the the testimony will conclude today, there's still, you know, an opportunity for all the parties to put in sort of closing arguments and writing. Um, and there is also a policy phase that's going to talk about kind of recommendations for the future, which I think will also be, a, you know, a very significant part of the report, because ultimately, Although I think it's very important whether the commissioner, you know, feels the use of the act was justified in this case, what's done is done. And um, and really the the benefit of, of having a commission like this is to look to the future about, you know, what's possible. Well, I think more Canadians will be watching today, perhaps then uh, throughout the inquiry to see what the prime minister has to say. Kara, we appreciate what you had to say on the show this morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Kara Zwiebel is the Director of Fundamental Freedoms at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. The Prime Minister testifying later on today. He will be the final witness at the Emergencies Act inquiry. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Qatar, Senegal underway at the World Cup in what is the second day on this match day at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. It has been an exciting tournament earlier on this morning. I don't know if anybody PVR'd it, and I'm going to spoil their party, so if so, you might just want to put down the radio just a little bit. Uh, Iran beating Wales 2-0 earlier today. Netherlands and Ecuador will kick off at 11, and uh, the afternoon game is the marquee matchup, 2 p.m. our time, England and the United States. As for Canada, they're back in action on Sunday. It's an 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff against Croatia, and some, well, controversy from the Canadian camp. If you watched 
the Canada-Belgium game on Wednesday. And, of course, we know the Belgians won one to nothing. You will have seen head coach John Herdman making an impassioned speech to his players on the field right after the game. Final whistle blows. People are patting each other on the back. Great game. You know, handshakes all around. And then Coach Herdman gathers the lads around on the field and lays into them, not not in a vicious or angry manner, but just, in, as I said, in passion speech. And one of the things he said was that we are going to F Croatia. And here's his explanation when talking to the media afterwards. I mean, no disrespect to uh, the Croatian team and Croatian people, but at the end of the day, it's a mindset that Canada's going to have to have if we're going to have three points against one of the top teams in the world. And it's the mindset we took to Belgium. We have to. It's um, it's part of new Canada. That's the mindset to have. Another individual has an awesome mindset, and we're happy to have him on the show, is Lee Cormish. He is a soccer super fan from Saskatoon who's trying to break a Guinness World Record in Qatar. Lee, how are you? Hey, I'm very good. Thanks for having me. It sounds like a, uh, a raucous atmosphere in Qatar as you're watching the Qataris take on Senegal. You're trying to break a Guinness World Record for doing what? So right now the current record is 31 games. You're shooting for 41. How many games have you been to already? Well, I've I've gotten nine under my belt, and this will be number 10, and tonight, USA versus England will make it 11. How do you plan to do this? Is this just charted out, or are you staying in one city? Well, the nice thing about the car is that it's the proximity between the stadiums. Sorry, between the stadiums. I don't actually have to change apartments. You're able to get and you can make your way around. But time is of the essence. You gotta, you gotta stay pretty perfect because congestion can get really heavy if you lagger just a little bit behind. Uh, so you, you gotta be on the move. So it's two games a day for the first 16 days, and uh, then there's two days worth of break. But yeah, lots of logistics and smacking this up from last month. And now it's the time to uh, get it done. Lee Cormish is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Lee is trying to break the Guinness World Record for most World Cup matches attended in a single event as he's currently attending the Qatar-Senegal match in Qatar. Lee, this has to be a costly expedition. Yeah, the tickets are... Uh, it's, 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 quite, it's the most expensive World Cup that I will have traveled to. Now, um, there is, I am part of the uh, fan leadership program, so the Consultant Team Committee was able to help me out a little bit. They gave me my first match, they provided some of my accommodations, and uh, they also brought me here on my flight. So that really helps, but in the end, I think we'll be there on top of, uh, of even that. I'll be spending about $15,000 in the end. Wow, that's amazing. Lee, we wish you best of luck. Enjoy the game and all the games. Well, thank you very much. Senegal has brought it. The fans are crazy. They have a band here, and the guitar fans are amazing as well, too. So it's nil nil right now, and we'll let you keep it going. Thank you very much. All right, take care, Lee.
Bye-bye. That is Lee Cormish, a, uh, obviously a soccer super fan, trying to break a Guinness World Record in Qatar. We had hoped that the audio was a little bit better, but you can imagine how noisy it is in the stadium as the host nation, Qatar, takes on Senegal. It is scoreless uh, in the 26th minute. But, boy, oh, boy, that's got to be a, a lot of money, a lot of traveling around, 41 games in a World Cup. There's also a stipulation that he cannot take bathroom breaks during the game that he attends, and he also has to have, and this is much easier, has to have two witnesses to verify that he was there in the seat for all 90 minutes plus here at the World Cup. Uh, Best of luck to Canadian Lee Cormish, who's carrying the Canadian flag proudly in Qatar. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. It's Black Friday today. You're seeing excess amount of inventory across a number of sectors. And so those retailers are really trying to kind of clear through that, which is going to be all positive for the consumer. Adam Davis from Wells Fargo saying that retailers are ready. Are you? Are you planning to cross the border perhaps to get some Black Friday deals? Or are you just staying in your comfy, cozy bed all day long and going online and shopping that way. Good morning, Hamilton producer Liz Russell is in Niagara Falls, New York to see how the Black Friday rush is going and whether or not there are any good deals out there. And she spoke with a couple of people this morning, including this woman. A lot of things have gone off, yeah. but um, hopefully they'll think of us and give us some good deals. Oh, are good deals to be had? Liz, what's going on out there? Oh, it's busy. <laughs> How's where, it going, Rick? Where are you right now? Uh, right now, I am on Military Road at the Walmart Uh, For those who do cross the border, it's the same one that has Sam's Club. Okay, excellent. So what was the lineup like? What Was there a lineup? Okay, so I got here at about 5 a.m. And the line, I thought it was going to be around the building. I thought it was going to be busy. Honestly, it made it to the corner of one building, of the building, but it didn't really go beyond that until closer to 6 o'clock. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot busier. And so I know you've talked to a number of people in line. What is the general sentiment as they were waiting for the store to open up? Uh, there was a lot of excitement in regards to, you know, hey, we're going to get deals. Like there, there was even Walmart employees that were handing out these like passes to get certain things like PlayStations and stuff in line. But overall, they feel like the Black Friday experience has really kind of gone down because of online shopping. Um, there's one Canadian that I had spoken with. She's been coming over for many, many years. And she said, honestly, it hasn't felt the same since like 2019. Wow. Interesting. So are there big deals to be had? So I had looked into this ahead of coming down here. Um, the things like TVs and vacuums seem to be going pretty quick, but honestly, the price of say the 55 inch TV that they were advertising is kind of the same as what you would get back home. And especially with the, the, the uh, currency conversion rate right now from American to Canadian and vice versa, it's not that good of a deal. There are deals to be had, um, but not the same as what I think it would have been in previous years. We're speaking with uh, producer Liz Russell of Good Morning Hamilton on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Liz is down in Niagara Falls, New York, to see how the Black Friday rush or crush or shopping spree is going. And by all accounts, not as exuberant as in past years. Uh, what's on your shopping list, Liz? Oh, I've already done damage, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may have picked you up some Pop-Tarts. Oh, look out, Nelly! <laughs> 
Um, but I, I did pick up a couple things from my son. Um, I'm a big fan of when I come over because I am an avid cross-border shopper. I like to get the yogurt over here. They do have a French yogurt over here that we can't get back home. Hmm. And that's what I try and look for whenever I go across the border is things that I cannot get back home. Um, so some of the butters I've already picked up and put away. Um, they actually had, and I hope my brother isn't listening, but they had a little mini fridge for $25, and I may have bought it for him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Santa may have that under the tree for him. What was the border like? Was it was it crazy busy? It was dead. Wow. Uh, there was literally like two lanes open, one car in each ahead of me. And that was it. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot busier because of people going, oh, maybe we'll just go scoot across the border and go to Walmart or Wegmans or Target. I haven't seen that many people. Now, like I said, when the doors opened, everyone kind of went to the electronic section. So walking around in the food area or even the toy section was less busy than what it is now. Now it's a lot more hectic. But I'm still, I'm, I'm walking in the food section right now. And I see like three or four people. I don't see many. Well, now is the time to strike for sure. Liz, thanks for joining us. Good luck on your shopping expedition. Will do. I'm on to Target next. <laughs> Look out, Target. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> thanks. That is Good Morning Hamilton content producer Liz Russell in Niagara Falls, New York, for a little cross-border Black Friday shopping. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Uh, today, as you know, is Black Friday. Cyber Monday is right around the corner. And it sounds like that more and more Canadians are prepared to spend to make this season merry, even if it means taking on additional debt to do it. Paul Anacek is Vice President, Licensed Insolvency Trustee at BDO Debt Solutions and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Paul, good morning. How are you? Rick, I'm doing great. You know, it is Friday. It is, yes, it was American Thanksgiving, but you know what? We here in Canada, we get the benefit of both Thanksgivings because... Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but all the sports that comes along with uh, American Thanksgiving. It, it is a lot of fun. I just realized, and I was talking to producer Alicia about this just uh, during the break, that Christmas is one month from today. The busiest shopping weekend is here, being Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, on Monday. Uh, despite you know inflation, where it is, and other financial concerns, surveys show that most Canadians are getting ready to spend to make their holidays merry, even though it means taking on debt. That sounds concerning. You know, there are several polls conducted, and while some show Canadians are looking for ways to reduce costs this year, you're right. Bottom line is consumers look like they're going to spend more. There are some really good polls, and three of them really stuck out. And then the first one is uh, Retail Council of Canada. And it says that shoppers are planning to get out early and search for deals. You know, 35% have already started shopping before today. A quarter plan to start shopping today. And given it's 7.30 in the morning right now, I'm sure a lot of that quarter have already started with the Black Friday deals. 21% plan to shop on Cyber Monday. And the average they're planning to spend is about the same as last year, $790. CPA Canada found the same thing, that Canadians are planning to spend roughly about the same amount, $589 on gifts this year. You know, but what's concerning about their polls is that Canadians are not saving up in order to spend the money. And what's even more concerning is that 22% say they're likely to carry on, take on more debt just just to cover the holiday costs. And finally, the global survey by MIQ says 37% of shoppers are planning to spend more, 31% are planning to spend less. You know what? I understand, and I fully understand the people that want to spend more. 
look what we've gone through the last couple of Christmases. And this one right now, you know, fingers crossed, we're in the clear for this Christmas. People are going to have family over. Yes, people want to spend. But we've also been hit with that high f- inflation the last couple of months. Yes, people realize the food prices. We see that every day. But where shoppers are going to really get the sticker shop is, you know, when they're going to start looking for the clothing, the electronics, the books and toys. Then they're going to realize, hey, I'm going to be spending more or even the same amount as last year, but I'm actually going to be buying less. I think most shoppers, whether it's here in Canada or, or elsewhere, have a a budget or a price tag in mind to say, you know, I, I want to sh- I want to spend this much this weekend or maybe on Cyber Monday. But having that budget is one thing; sticking to it is a different animal. That's right. You know, last year, thirty three percent of Canadians went over budgets uh, when they were buying their gifts. You know, and there are proper ways that you can do to avoid this. You know, the first thing is plan ahead. And, you know, with the internet, it is great to plan ahead. Take a look at what various options are out there. Shop around while you have time to do it online. If you're going to the store, plan ahead and have that list ready. Also, you know, avoid using credit if you can. And and that is key, if you can. We understand that some people are going to use credit and they have to. Uh, However, if you are going to use credit, make sure that you have the ability to pay it off the following month. That is very important because that's when the interest starts accruing. It will be next month. Also, take a look at your rewards, loyalty points that you have on your cards right now. See if you can redeem some of them to cover your holiday expenses. I know that my wife does that and she does that every year and really enjoys doing that. When it comes to, by the way, we're chatting with uh, Paul Anachik, Vice President, Licensed Insolvency Trustee at BDO Debt Solutions about Black Friday shopping, Cyber Monday shopping, Christmas shopping in general as we get set for the uh, the big holiday one month from today. And a big part of this whole festive season is getting together with family and friends, which brings up festive FOMO or that, that fear of missing out. You got to be at the lunch. You got to be at the dinner. You have to, you know, make an appearance, spend some money, buy some drinks. How do we avoid this? What kind of advice do you have for this well and i find fomo is going to be uh, even extended this year because uh, the kids go right up to the school in uh, <clears throat> it right up to holiday so with fomo with them is yeah they're going to be coming they're going to be coming home but you get it at work you get it at home so fomo is really right there and of course this is the mentality of trying to keep up with the joneses seeing it on social media the best thing to do sometimes is turn off that social media it applies extra pressure you don't need to keep up with the kardashians keep up with your own budget disconnect also you know take a look at really what are your family going to enjoy remember it is the experience that you're looking for not the expenses keep that in mind so when you're concerned about spending the money you know what can you spend less and still have as much fun for a majority canadians i would guess yes Got about a minute. What uh, golden nugget or final advice do you have for our listeners? You know, financial uncertainty is still here. High inflation, rising interest rates. We know that it's going to be coming. We hear the economists talking about the recession all the time. You know, it's the holiday season. But keep in mind, your finances should be with you all year long. So experience the family and friends and not the expenses. If you're struggling, if you're struggling on debt, know there are solutions out there. Reach out to myself. You know, give me a call at one eight five five bdo debt or visit our website at bdodebt.ca. It's actually going to have some great tips for the holiday season on there and might help you, you know, avoid FOMO and also holiday debt.
Good tips, good advice. Paul, as always, thanks for joining us this morning and enjoy the, uh, I, I guess, the pseudo holiday long weekend. Thanks, Rick. You have a good weekend. Thank you. That's Paul Anachik, Vice President, Licensed Insolvency Trustee, BDO Debt Solutions. You can find out more online, bdodebt.ca. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.